Whether you operate one forklift or thousands, one location or hundreds, the new My Toyota customer portal can help you optimize your operation and material handling equipment. This one-stop, free-to-use platform is designed to help you take control of your information and make smarter decisions, all at the touch of a button. Register and access your data today at my.toyotaforklift.com. That's my.toyotaforklift.com. Hi, this is Larry Olson from Bacabi, and you're listening to the new Warehouse Podcast. And here's my safety tip. So I spend a lot of time in warehouses, and especially ones I'm not familiar with. So I'm a big fan of always keeping your head and your eyes on a swivel, especially at intersections where there's mobile equipment and, and you're crossing. So always make sure that the equipment stops, you're making eye contact with them to make sure they see you. And then lastly, never ever be walking and talking or talking and texting on your phone when you're in a warehouse. With e-commerce off the charts, many small and growing warehouses are asking, how can I get ahead when my warehouse is barely keeping up? The answer is future-ready warehouse tech from Zebra Technologies. Warehouses can simplify and upgrade all processes, from automated inventory management to hands-free picking with Zebra's tailored, scalable mobile solutions. They're simple and intuitive. There's never been a better time to upgrade for success with Zebra. How can your warehouse get ahead? The answer's in black and white. Get the answers at zebra.com slash the answer. That's zebra.com slash the answer. Fulfillment demand continues to skyrocket and outpace available labor. To keep up, warehouse operators are turning to flexible fulfillment solutions like Six River Systems. Utilizing Six River Systems' award-winning combination of collaborative robots, artificial intelligence, and operational expertise will make your associates in wall-to-wall fulfillment workflow more efficient. No new infrastructure, no change to warehouse layout, easy to deploy and scale, easy to train and retain associates, all at half the cost of traditional automation. Want to take your fulfillment operation to the next level? level go to www.sixriver.com to learn more that's www.sixriver.com to learn more The New Warehouse Podcast, hosted by Kevin Lawton, is your source for insights and ideas from the distribution, transportation, and logistics industry. A new episode every Monday morning brings you the latest from industry experts and thought leaders. And now, here's Kevin. Hey, it's Kevin Lawn with the New Warehouse Podcast, bringing you a new episode today. On today's episode, I'm going to be joined by Larry Olson. He is the Senior Sales Manager over at Picavi. And you may remember Picavi, we had them on the show previously when we were at Modex in 2020. Right before everything shut down, I actually got a hands-on or I guess eyes-on as well demo of Picavi, and they're providing a vision picking system, which is pretty cool, based on the Google Glass platform. And it's really, really interesting stuff, the way that they're doing it. And, you know, it's a pairing of the vision side and also the voice side. So Larry's going to come on. He's going to talk to us a little bit about it, give us a little refresher and obviously an update of what's been happening in the last year or so with Bacavi. And he's also going to talk to us about their vision as a service program and how that can benefit your operation. So, Larry, welcome to the show. How are you? 
Hey, Kevin. Good. How are you doing? Good, good. Happy to uh, have you on. And, and like I mentioned, you know, I, I got a demo of this uh, Bacavi system at Modex in 2020. But if people are new to the show or, or missed that episode in that blog post, can you give us a little overview of Bacavi and what it is that you guys do? Yeah, sure. So, so Bacavi, I would say we're a bit of a newer company. We started in 2015. Mm-hmm. Back whenever, if you remember, Google Glass had a consumer version that hit the market in 2014. Right. I, I like to say it, it failed. <laughs> and Google would probably admit it failed too. It was taken off the market and yeah. they brought it back in house and said, hey, I think there's you know still something we could do with this, maybe on a commercial level. So mm. That's really when our company started. We kind of had some insight into that and became a partner with Google back whenever they were developing that more robust, inter- what is now called the Enterprise Edition, for for really you know the commercial industry, you know, taking it off the consumer market and put it more commercial industry. So we became a partner with them, did a lot of development, co-development with them in 2015, and then 2016, whenever they released that first edition, that that was the year we came out as well and got our first customer actually that that year in 2016. Mm. And have really been growing growing ever since. So we have now about 100, almost 100 installations globally. So as you mentioned, we started out mainly a picking process, vision picking solution. So Mm. warehouses, anything from people that are still doing paper today or RF guns or voice solutions, that's kind of the the three that were available in the market up until, you know, this solution came out. Okay. And now, now you have this, this vision solution yeah, that you can use to interact with WMS systems. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's very cool stuff. I mean, I, I love it because, you know, it, it gets you very close to completely hands-free, which I think is such a, such an important thing and, and such an efficiency improvement for pickers and the people that are fulfilling your orders because every second counts, I believe, especially, you know, when you're trying to get, you know, thousands of pieces out of your building a day, especially in e-commerce that's up, set up. So, so you know, as, as I mentioned, you know, that I had some exposure to this at, at Modex in 2020 when, you know, the world was, was a much different place uh, yeah, and we were in yeah. person and all that stuff. And so, so I guess tell us a little bit about, you know, how, how are these vision picking systems growing and, you know, you guys said you've been doing this since 2016. So, you know, how has the adoption been and, and how are they being utilized throughout the supply chain? Is it just picking or are there other kind of processes that are they're being utilized for too? How, how is that kind of growing? Yep. Yeah, sure. So, so you mentioned, right, we're, we're in warehouses and the whole premise mm-hmm. is, is making things faster, easier to understand and more accurate. Right. So you mentioned the hands-free. So, you know, there are some solutions out there that, that offer hands-free. I would say for the most part, voice solution is a hands-free solution. Yeah. I think really what we've added to that is we kind of blended the best of all worlds. So if you have, you know, an RF gun that you can display certain things on the screen. I mean, people are now displaying pictures of their product, et cetera, on their yeah. screen, right? Colors. So you can do that on a screen. You can't really do that with a voice solution. So voice is, mm-hmm. you're only gathering, the user's only gathering what's being spoken to them in, in their ear. So right. almost at times have to use their imagination or think, right? What does that mean to me? It's telling me a number. I have to translate that number. Sometimes that becomes a challenge for non-native English speakers, I would say, mm-hmm. right? If you're, if you're hearing, you know, a language and then trying to translate that into something else, it can become yeah. a challenge. So for us, we're now using that visual 
aspect to provide information to the user. So, mm-hmm. so that, you know, the visual you're getting from the RF gun, except you don't have to pick it up and put it down. It's always available because you, you kind of look up, up into the screen and it's kind of like I use the kind of the similarity of in driving in your car and looking in the rear view mirror of your car yeah. where you can obtain, like you're kind of looking up a little bit into the right, you're obtaining some information from your rear view mirror and then you're looking back at the road. So mm. similar concept, you can keep your hands on the steering wheel, right? So it's free yeah. type concept. <laughs> So yeah, using that vision as an input and then we're now our, our vision as a as an input to the user and now using voice, you know, concept as an input back to the system. So, you know, everybody today I see a lot of people holding holding their phones, right, and dictating text messages to their phones. Yeah. Because they're kind of getting, you know, especially on a long message, they're getting tired of typing with their thumbs. So <laughs> Yeah, you know, thumbs are wearing out, so you know, everybody's kind of trying to speak to their phones. And you know, for us, we can do that similar concept: display it on the screen, so you can still you know gauge it for accuracy, and then mm-hmm. using that as an input method. So, see, our goal is you know kind of blending the best of of everything available, or it's been available in the industry. You know, those concepts have been out there for 20, 30 years. You know, they're very well established, and I think people know how to use them, but they're they've kind of stagnated on on any kind of improvements or where they can, you know, where they can go from there. So I'd say, you know, from a vision standpoint, we're in the, the basement, I would say of the technology uh, development cycle. So, mm. you know, we're just, you know, a hundred customers. That's barely scratched. Think about the warehouses are oh, yeah. globally, right? Yeah. That's yeah. barely scratching the surface of, 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 you know, what people could use it for out there. So, so yeah, definitely still while five years in the market, still fairly new, but yeah, mm-hmm. trying trying to get the word out and yeah, doing trade shows like like you said, yeah, uh, Moto X and, and Promat, several trade shows, just yeah, trying to display this new kind of technology and people are enamored by it when they see it, right? So it's yeah, it's definitely something different and it's it's almost hard to explain, you know, over a podcast or even when I do, you know, conference calls with people until I go there and they actually put it on. Yeah. Then it, it just really sinks in and they grasp the concept. Yeah, yeah, I think it, uh, it's really interesting, and uh, you had a really interesting point in there. I think about you know non-native English speakers, and you know I certainly have been in operation where we implemented voice, and we had a lot of Spanish speakers, and but from all different types of Spanish, all different types of dialects, and things of that nature, and you know that was a challenge for us as we implemented voice, and you know then we added the spanish pack or version to it as well but even in that case in some sense you know the i guess more formalized spanish is not always translating to the same thing depending on where people are from because they've adopted their own dialects and things of that nature and certain words mean certain things different languages so you know that's always a challenge and i think that you know, adding that visual component, as you mentioned, and especially because in, in this scenario, they were wearing, they had also uh, a wrist uh, wearable with that as well, which yep. they could double check. But then in a sense, sometimes that kind of uh, defeats the purpose a little bit because, you know, when yeah, they yeah. look down the check, then you're still losing that time in a sense, right? So so having it right in front of them, I think is, you know, is an awesome thing because you really are able to kind of keep going. And I think from a safety aspect as well, it's a huge thing as well. You know, I've certainly, from a safety standpoint, I've seen issues and safety incidents where, you know, people had, they're just using an RF gun and, you know, they 
double checked to see what, what location were they going to next, and in that second they double checked that they ran, they ran into the rack. Yeah. So yeah, so you yeah, definitely not, not much different than texting or driving, right? Yeah, yeah, you know, looking at your phone while you're driving a car, it's it's a very similar concept. Yeah, yeah, without a doubt, and I think you know keeping that constantly in front of them is keeping it kind of top of mind, and it is reducing that time where. You know, they need to check or they need to look at something else or, you know, it reduces the safety issue as well. So it's very interesting that, you know, you said that very early on in the technology phase. So so have you had any customers or companies approach you about uh, utilizing the technology in, in something else besides picking? I'm, I'm curious, you know, what the potential evolution might be here. Yeah, absolutely. So that's, yeah, that's probably the, the progression, the initial progression that's happened is, mm-hmm. you know, so when we're looking to put this, this solution in, people, you know, kind of want their biggest bang for the buck. So we go after the picking process because that's right. typically where the majority of the labor is. So once we've had success there, then, yeah, the next step is they said, well, we already have this solution and we've integrated it, right? How, mm-hmm. Where else can we go in the warehouse? So we've really, moved at this point, I would say across those, those companies into almost every function of the warehouse, you know, not every warehouse has every function, but mm-hmm. so inventory control, replenishment, pick, receiving processes, put away processes, outbound sort on the dock. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, anything, anything today where they're using a voice or an RF unit to interface with either a WMS or an ERP type system, those are all ripe opportunities for, for our solution. Like I say, we, we go into picking first, typically. Yeah. We have a few customers who have come and said, hey, I really have a horrible inventory control process. And mm-hmm. I don't like using the RF guns, and can you help us with that? And we've started there, but that's, that's not common, I would say. It usually starts with picking and then kind of moves to, to other areas or other functions in the warehouse. Mm, interesting you know I, i've done inventory control for like 10 years so i, I you really kind of like grab me right there so how how are they utilizing it for inventory control are you utilizing it when they're doing cycle counting or what are they doing now? correct you know because inventory control i mean it depends on where it's at right if it's in the racks mm-hmm. you can be on an order picker right so yeah. so they're they're using it just like they would they're saying well if i have my people that are picking in a process using this technology why wouldn't i do it for my inventory control guys so mm. So yeah, similar concept, you know, and again, it's still always, especially when you talk hands-free, am I counting pieces? You know, if I'm going just counting a pallet in a location or am I counting, pulling pieces out and counting pieces? So that mm-hmm. hands-free piece, we also do something where we can do a countback concept. So mm-hmm. so say you needed to count a thousand, right? Yeah. Most people, I mean, you can get a scratch pad out or, you know, there's different ways to get to a thousand, but you kind of got to sort and segregate things. And, and so we can do a count back with our system mm. independent of the WS, WMS system, but essentially to show kind of that math on the screen where they're actually inputting the pieces as they count them, you know, mm. not, not one at a time, but in groups, yeah. essentially you could count in tens or count in hundreds, right. And say, you know, I picked a, you know, I counted a hundred and then it'll decrement and say, okay, you have 900 more to count. So we can do that math along the way. Oh, that that's very interesting. I like that. It's pretty cool because sometimes I think. I mean, I know when I go count, like I break it down by the the case basically, and you know how many cases do yep. I have in the layer and things like that. So, so is it is the system able to recognize like how many cases should be there? Like if I got, like you said, a thousand pieces there, and you know the cases of a hundred, does the system know like okay, you should have ten cases, or how does that work? Yeah, so we so we do that too. So. I- 
yeah, we both, you know, I've both probably worked in plenty of warehouses and seen yeah. different technologies, but many warehouses can't deal with cases at each is in the same location. So they, so they, only, yeah. so if that's the case, they break it to an each. Mm. So then you lose that case methodology that you're talking about there. Yeah, so yeah. we've done that with customers and said, well, we can help fix that problem on our end with you. Mm. Well, we'll tell you if it, yeah, if it's, like you said, if it's cases of 10 and there's a hundred location or, or there's 96 in location, that means there's nine cases plus six pieces. Right. We display it on the screen that way to the user. And oh, we can wow. even use symbology, right? Like mm. put, put a box and put the nine in the box and then put plus and then put the six, you know, just the number six. Mm. So then they know I'm, oh, I'm looking for nine boxes and six pieces. Wow. wow. I like that. That's very cool. Cause it makes it like so much easier to, to count, I think, and, and visualize as well. Cause I know a lot of people like, especially if you're kind of just throwing them into inventory control a little bit to help you out, like they have a hard time yeah. like grasping yeah. the count and they, they lose track of what they're counting. And you know, it gets difficult if it's not something you're doing every day or I've done for a long time. So that's really cool. You know, I want to talk to about, uh, you have this vision as a service program. Right. So I think everybody is getting like a, as a service thing, you know, I talk to people with robots as a service, you know, hardware as a service, packaging as a service. I talked to somebody about, so now you got vision as a service. So tell us a little bit about this VAS or vision as a service program that Picavi is offering. We'll be back after a quick break. You hear a lot about supply chains these days, because if the past couple years have taught us anything, it's that an efficient, well-managed supply chain is absolutely critical to keeping businesses successful and consumers happy. I'm Will Haywood, and I host a podcast called All Business, No Boundaries, where we talk about supply chains, how they work, what happens when they don't, and the innovations that are redefining what's possible in the world of logistics. Join me for insightful interviews with thought leaders and industry experts. We discuss how optimizing supply chains can break down the barriers that are holding businesses back. That's All Business, No Boundaries by DHL Supply Chain. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Yep. Yeah, and you mentioned several, right, that are they're in the market there. So, it, mm-hmm. yeah, we felt it was, yeah, we, we probably needed that type of solution too. And it's been yeah. fairly popular with customers as we presented it to them. So you have, you know, you, you essentially have customers that, especially on IT hardware, in the past, most of them have been purchased, right? So they're going to capitalize and buy RF guns and scanners and printers, et cetera. So that's kind of the niche that we fall into, even though we have a strong software platform offering with it too, but they still kind of saw it as, that's oh, just hardware. And we said, well, it's really not, it's more than that. And it takes some support, you know, behind it from the software side. Mm-hmm. So we came up with this yeah, vision as a service solution to help kind of bridge that gap of, well, if we, if, you know, if, if you don't either have capital to purchase and you want to move mm-hmm. on it, or you're looking for a quicker ROI. So when you think of the service model, right, that's, yeah. that's usually less capital intensive. So, so you're getting your payback, you know, quite a bit earlier on that service solution. So we, we as a company essentially maintain the hardware and the software solution mm. for essentially a monthly fee per unit. So okay. it's that service solution. The other advantage to it is it can be scaled up or down. So you have mm. you know, companies that have seasonality where right. they need to bring in an influx of, of pickers for you know the last three months or four months of the year. We can ebb and flow with that where they don't have to have that purchase hardware on hand that they're only you know utilizing that asset for four months a year. So yeah. we can help them out in that aspect as well. 
Yeah, yeah, I think that's very cool, and I mean, I'm like really happy that the industry is going in that direction because I think it makes so much more sense from an operations perspective. You know, especially you know due to the, what you just mentioned with the the peak seasons and the seasonality. You know, you have to ramp up and get all these extra units, and then, like you said, you know, you know, the rest of the year, like they're just kind of sitting there, right, collecting dust, and you know, it seems like yep. kind of a waste, right? And then, you know, they sit there, and then, you know, a couple of years, well, now they're like outdated, and now you got to replace them, and you know, it gets very challenging, I think, for the operation and the company as a whole to, you know, want to do that, and then obviously, you know, as a as a capex you know you're looking at you know difficulty getting approval and you know it budget they want to hold back and you know well you know the old one is still good and you know let's put some duct tape on it or something like that right so and plus you mentioned you guys maintain them as well so if you're in this program and you do have an issue with a unit um, it gets broken or, you know, whatever the case may be. Are you, can you do a swap out or how does that work? Yeah. So essentially, yeah. So that's part of the, you know, besides negligent damage, right? You run over it with a fork truck. We're probably not going <laughs> to cover that. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah. Just, yeah <laughs> is, issues yeah, that come up along the way, which we don't mm-hmm. have many, but if, if they did, right, then it's, yeah, it's a swap program. Mm. And, a, and especially when you look at it, right, in capital, as you mentioned, right, mm. it, it you know, any, we know anything, our laptops that are our desk, right? Three years from now, right. we start acting up and we start thinking, eh, maybe it's about time to replace it. So yeah. same thing happens in a warehouse, but like you said, they tend to drag it out mm. and then the productivity starts going down. I was just in a warehouse, the, the shipping or the picking supervisor had about 10 RF guns at his desk. And we stopped by and we said, oh, what are all these? And he goes, these are all the ones that I have to try to fix yeah so he he was the repair guy right and he's mm. like this stuff is so old right he's like it's just constantly cycling through my desk here yeah. so that that tends to happen and i don't think yeah people don't see the impact of that on the operation mm. until it's almost too late and yeah you think of a manager walks by and they're like why are all these rf guns on the supervisor's desk yeah <laughs> right? so until they see it right they don't realize it's really happening so as this yeah this value is a, or, or vision as a as a service solution Right, we're able to replace that technology as it you know as it comes to end of life, and mm. we're essentially cycling through and replacing that and keeping the technology, the firmware fresh, the software fresh, the technology fresh. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. And I, I've certainly been in that exact scenario that you mentioned. Um, I'm the guy that gets the the printers and the guns collecting on the desk and yes yeah yeah if anyone is listening and they work in it please you know listen to the people in the operations when they say something's not working they need it they need it (laughs) so yeah i mean i think you know this this type of program certainly gives you more flexibility in that sense as well and yeah so i mean and i guess you know for you mentioned like the you know operation supervisors and things like that maybe that are you know just getting some experience at that level and things of that nature talk to us a little bit about you know opex versus capex and you know what does that mean and you know how does it benefit the the company when you're trying to propose a new solution or something like that yep so yeah most of the time we're coming with a new solution companies mm-hmm. are looking for a return on the investment right, right. so so Capital wise, right? It's a bigger upfront investment because they have to allocate the capital. As you said, there, there's sometimes capital constraints, challenges with capital. We mm-hmm. didn't, you know, especially you get about mid year and it's either we ran out of capital or capital has been constrained or we didn't plan 
we didn't plan to do this, up, mm. you know, this type of upgrade this year. So we're going to have to wait till next year. So that's the whole, you know, CapEx versus OpEx where we can switch that over to that operating expense. One, it help, you know, definitely helps from an ROI perspective, shorter mm -hmm. ROI because you don't have the bigger upfront, you know, expense. And then, yeah, can get you through some of those hurdles of, well, yeah, my, my internal capital process is very challenging or, like I said, we, we don't have it this year, but we, mm. you know, we have really old equipment and we're just putting band-aids on it right now. We need to do yeah. something. So, so it just gives them yeah, another, another avenue, you know, that kind of ties in, you know, the vision of the service solution and the CapEx, OpEx discussion are kind of almost synonymous with each other. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the, I don't know if you would agree, I think the OpEx versus CapEx, OpEx, you're more likely to get a yes from your manager than CapEx, right? Or a sooner to get a yes, right? Yeah. Especially when you can show, yeah, lower, lower upfront investment. I can, I can get a return and we can, you know, as a company, the company can start seeing a return on that much sooner. Yeah. Yeah. Without a doubt. So yeah, I appreciate the, the learning there for younger professionals and, and things of that nature who, who are listening. I think it's important to, to know those things, especially when you're looking at different technologies and, and solutions that are out there and you're trying to convince people that may not understand as much as, as you do. So, so really interesting stuff, you know, before we close out here, I wanted to ask you, you know, we talked in the beginning about the, the importance of, you know, being virtually hands-free almost uh, 100% and how that can help you really improve and, and be more efficient. So from a technology standpoint, you know, how, how close do you think we are to being absolutely hands-free for picking? Meaning the only thing we're doing for picking is just grabbing the box and that's it. Yeah. So, I, you know, it's that whole, I have a system and I have to provide information to a user right. and, and I need that user to, to do an activity for me because, you know, and, and I know you do a lot of podcasts, I, mean, I listen to quite a few of them, but you have a lot of robotics guys that you talk yep, to, right? right? Yeah. Their whole concept is yeah, trying to find out how to, how to best pick various types of mm. pieces or units out of, out of point A and put it into point B right. without breaking it, without dropping it, right? Get the right quantity. So that, you know, that's coming along, but that's, you know, that's challenging in certain warehouses where the, you know, the, the product is diverse. So mm. the diversity of the product is going to keep human, humans in the picking you know, realm for years, right? For yeah. almost decades, I would say. Mm. We'll see how fast technology advances, but it's, you know, you need that system telling a human that has essentially yeah, ambidextrous hands and thumbs, opposable thumbs, right? <laughs> the beauty of the human. Right. We can actually pick up various things, lift heavy things, super small, light things, you know, mm. you know, pieces of paper that are stuck together and we know to pull them apart. Right. So, yeah. so all those kind of concepts and it's most, it's mostly how do we as quickly and efficiently give an instruction to a human, as you, as you said, and then have them respond to it and, you know, pick it, you know, I think with the, you know, as we get more into pictures, we may get, you know, pictures displaying on a unit, where, right. especially if I'm picking product that I can actually see the product. It's not just a brown box. Mm -hmm. You know, I think companies will get more to, I don't need to scan it. If, you know, I can use the human to say this picture and this picture look the same, the matching game, mm -hmm. right? That we all yeah. play as kids. So, <laughs> so yeah, if I can get to the matching game concept, I can mm -hmm. take the scan maybe out and still be comfortable with my accuracy. Okay. And then it is more just a, a pick it, a pick and put, right? Mm -hmm. With with limited information and then yeah, a quick confirm and then you're on to the next, you know, the next activity. 
Got it. Very interesting. Uh, so is there any, I guess, potential? Because, you know, I remember from the demo that it was paired with with a Bluetooth scanner as well. Yeah, so correct. so is there potential for, like, the, the, I guess, the headset or the glasses themselves to be able to capture, like, uh, barcode or image for confirmation? So it can today, and our technology can do it today. Mm-hmm. The issue... And, and until and you know until people think about it, and actually, I, I thought the same thing you yeah. know, as I was exploring this technology four and five years ago. Mm. You know, I thought, oh, there's a there's a camera there should be able to scan it. So yeah. one, when you stand in front of a rack or a bin location, mm. you're seeing sometimes a hundred barcodes. Right? Yeah, if I'm in a bin section of small, yeah. so so one, it doesn't know what to look at. So you say, okay, well, I put a crosshair on it, mm. which is fine. But then think, you know, the camera is mounted to your head. So you and I wear, you know, glasses. So yeah. you know, if you think of where, where the arm of your glasses is, that's where the camera would be. So to aim it, you move your head. Mm. So it's kind of like, you kind of look like a bobblehead out there if you were trying to yeah. scan an exact barcode. <laughs> so it's not, er- I say right now, it's not ergonomically fit. Because when mm. we go, you or I go to look at a location and want to see a barcode, we use our eyes independent mm. of our head to move. So that's that's where the yeah the like you said the wrist mount or ring type scanner on your wrist mm. you can move your hand especially think of the low locations right the location where the barcode is three inches off the floor yeah. or the location even in a bin section it could have a barcode seven feet in the air mm. I can't really get my head aligned to it so that that challenge is still yeah still not solved on you know, being able to scan from a from a camera standpoint. Okay, interesting. Yeah, yeah, and it makes sense, I guess, when you talk about the the aiming perspective, because I think also from a ergonomic standpoint, you're probably going to get a, yeah, a exactly. little sore neck. To, yeah, so we, yeah. So we have a few customers that do it larger. I would mm. say larger barcodes, floor picking locations mm. that are spaced more far apart, where they can just okay. look up yeah. and they can see one. They only see one barcode, so it's easy for uh, the camera to track. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, I was interested in, in that and seeing, you know, what do you think the evolution there might be. So so really interesting insights from you, Larry. And, I, you know, I really appreciate you coming on the show to talk about Bacavi. I did really enjoy the demo I had at Modex 2020. So it's definitely good to hear um, that you guys are still progressing. And even as you mentioned, that you guys are still early in the, the technology progression as well. So so interested to see, you know, how things uh, grow over the next couple of years as well well so how can people find out more information about Picavi? so yeah so website's easiest is picavi.com so p-i-c-a-v-i.com all right very cool larry thank you once again for coming on the show you've been listening to the new warehouse podcast with kevin lawton subscribe and check us out online at thenewwarehouse.com Thank you for listening to this episode. If you want more content from The New Warehouse, check out our new video series called All Hands on LinkedIn. Just search for The New Warehouse on LinkedIn and follow along.